0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for the final episode of Season 1 of Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights, Episode 15 Better Together. If this is your first time listening to Fad Pack, as we like to call it, you might want to start listening in Episode 1 so that you get the full story. My name is Marin Langdon Spillane, and today we are thrilled to welcome special guest artist Shirley Reed. Please check the show notes for links to Shirley's artwork and coloring page. Now, One thing that I love about stories that you listen to is that everyone imagines the story a little bit differently. I know how it looks in my head, but I love to see how other people imagine things. So I encourage all of you listeners to grab your favorite art supplies and draw, sculpt, paint, or create anything that you're inspired to while listening. Then you can share your creation with us during one of our live shows, post on our Facebook page, or email us at PetraTheDragon at gmail.com. And now let us begin episode 15 of Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights, Better Together. Previously on Fadpack, Beatrice the Dragon set off on a quest to find the fairies and ponies aided by two humans from the city of Durga. Tom Thomas, a stable boy, and Talora Shamsa, a knight in training. While defending her baby Smudge from an attacking unicorn, Beatrice is stabbed by the unicorn's horn. While Talora and Beatrice's five children attempt to care for the gravely ill Beatrice and continue their quest, Tom pursues the unicorn. While Tom gains the trust of the unicorn, Mintini and successfully petitions for help from the crystal fairies, Talora and Beatrice's five children find the rainbow herd of ponies. But ultimately... It is up to Beatrice herself to fight the final battle. At first, Beatrice didn't realize that her eyes were open. She had been flying in the dreamy darkness for so long... After her battle with the web and the spiders and the fire was over, she couldn't tell if it had been real or if she just imagined it all. But she had known that the voices of her children cutting through the darkness were real, so that's where she headed, flying through the infinite blackness towards somewhere, towards them. The light had slowly gotten bigger and brighter until she found herself surrounded by it, totally encompassed in light. She kept flying, but the flying was easier now, and she felt that maybe she could stop flying and it would be all right. So she stopped, and she closed her eyes to rest. But when she opened them, everything was dark again. Well, not completely dark like before. Now there were thousands of pinpricks of light above her and a great big light, brighter than the rest. This light was familiar. What was it? The words seemed to bubble up as if from deep underwater. Stars. Moon. She let her eyes wander. There were the tops of trees, silhouetted by the light from the stars and the moon. The trees looked strange. They had some kind of light inside them that she couldn't make out. Like fireflies, maybe, but bigger, with lots of different colors. Where was she? She looked around, able to move only her eyes, and saw the outlines of several horses standing nearby, but they were bigger than horses. Ponies? Was she looking at ponies? Then it all came crashing back the egg, the journey, the unicorn. Reflexively, she tried to move her shoulder, but pain engulfed her. The last thing she remembered was going to sleep next to Smudge, nearly certain that she would not wake up again. She had felt the poison from the unicorn spreading through her body the moment she was stabbed. But here she was, alive. There were ponies all around and grass. They had made it. They were in the grasslands. She could feel something leaning against her body, several somethings. She shifted her neck so she could see. Spikes of pain shot through her, but there they were, all of them sleeping against her. Petra, Azriel, Lyle, Edwin, and Smudge, her babies. Curled up with smudge she saw a smaller shape. Dolora. That amazing human girl. Somehow, Laura and her draglings had managed to get her to the ponies and to save her life. Beyond Smudge was another small form. Tom. He had made it back to them then. Beatrice knew there must be an incredible story behind all this. She had the urge to wake her children up and hold them close, but even just slightly moving her neck had shown her how weak her body was. She ached in every muscle, every bone, down to the end of every claw. But she was alive. She shut her eyes and went back to sleep, normal sleep this time, dreamless sleep. Beatrice continued to sleep well into the next day, her body healing the damage done by the poison. When she finally opened her eyes, Smudge was the first one to notice, and Smudge was the first thing Beatrice saw. He was lying in front of her on the ground, staring at her face, waiting for her to wake up. He had been watching his mother for hours, every once in a while climbing on top of her and bouncing a little to wake her up, until someone saw him and told him to get off. As soon as Smudge saw her eyes open, he sprung to his feet and head-butted Beatrice directly in her face. Wham! Ow, thought Beatrice, but she said, Oh, Smudgy, it's good to see you. Thank you for taking care of me. Smudge snuggled as closely as he could against her side, making contented little growling sounds. One of the ponies called out, "She's awake!" Beatrice struggled to lift herself to her feet. Despite the pain and weakness, it still felt good to move. She looked around her at the vast expanse of waving grasslands and the colorful group of ponies all watching her. She saw Tolora running, not toward Beatrice, but toward the river. Once there, she pulled her whistle out, put it to her mouth, and started blowing and waving her arms. Beatrice followed to Laura's gaze and saw the dark shape of Azrael flying above. He heard the whistle and started circling back. Petra was skimming low over the surface of the river towards them, a big fish in her mouth. Beatrice felt a rumbling beneath her feet. She looked out into the grass and saw a small group of ponies galloping toward them. She looked closer. Lyle and Edwin were each perched on the back of a pony, their wings outstretched for balance, looking like they were having the time of their lives. Beatrice sighed. Apparently, she had a lot to catch up on. The galloping pony slowed down as they approached Beatrice. Edwin and Lyle leapt up into the air and glided toward their mother, then crashed into her. They both started talking at once. "'Mom, you're awake!' cried Lyle. You're alive! We knew you would be okay. Mom, we found the ponies and fairies, interrupted Edwin. The ponies are amazing. I can't wait till you meet them all. Yeah, said Lyle. We totally found the ponies. Me and Edwin. Team smash it up. Well, but Tom found the fairies and then he brought them here in like this giant bubble thing and we were like, what are those things? Are they going to attack us? Because, you know, Mom, fairies are small, but they are like crazy fierce and Lyle, stop it, stop it. I'm telling it. What? We're both telling it. Why do you get to tell it? Beatrice wrapped her arms and her wings around Lyle, Edwin, and Smudge and held them close, feeling as if her heart were going to burst. Azrael and Petra landed behind her, Petra adding the fish she had caught to a giant pile nearby. Mom! shouted Asriel, running to her. Petra didn't say anything. She just ran and pressed herself hard against her mother's chest. Beatrice held all of her children together. Petra looked up and said, I knew you'd make it. We have fish for you when you're hungry. Beatrice looked into Petra's face. You saved me. I'm alive because of all of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. T'olora and Tom came running up to the dragon huddle, eagerness and concern on each of their faces. It was T'olora and Tom, Mom, Petra said. We could not have done it without them. Seriously, we couldn't have. Beatrice opened her wings for T'olora and Tom. They joined in the hug. The ponies stood nearby, watching respectfully. Beatrice looked up and saw what looked like a swarm of butterflies or dragonflies coming toward them those must be the fairies. Beatrice struggled to take it all in. Then, as if seeing something from a dream or a nightmare, Beatrice saw a unicorn step out from behind a tall clump of grass. This unicorn was entirely black, while the unicorn who had attacked her had been white, but somehow Beatrice knew it was the same one. Beatrice roared. "'No! Get back!' She tried to move so that her dragglings were behind her. Tom leapt up and ran to stand next to the unicorn who was stock still and gazing at Beatrice. "'No, no! It's okay, Beatrice! He helped you! I found him in the woods, and he helped me find the fairies, and then he cured you! Only a unicorn can reverse the magic of its own poison! He neutralized it, stopped it from growing! He's with us!' Beatrice's heart was racing, and adrenaline coursed through her body. "'What happened to him?' Why did he change? We don't know exactly, Tom answered, stroking the unicorn between his ears. He turned black while he was healing you. Beatrice tried to quell her fury. She had to trust her draglings and the humans now, but it was because of this unicorn that they had gotten into this mess, and she wanted nothing more than to give it a few fierce swipes. Just keep it away from me, she said. The fairies had now reached the group, perching all around, a few of them settling on the pony's broad backs. A yellow fairy landed on Edwin, who was delighted. Lyle looked a little jealous, but then a purple fairy landed on him as well. "'This dragon has very smooth scales.' "'I like it. Can I keep it?' the purple fairy said. "'Can she, Mom?' asked Lyle. "'Can she keep me, please?' "'Lyle, fairies are they, not he or she. "'If that's too confusing for you, just use their names. "'That one is Amethyst,' Edwin said. "'This one is smart. I want a dragon,' the yellow fairy said, stroking Edwin with a tiny hand. "'Thank you, Citrine,' Edwin said, looking smugly at Lyle. "'A shimmering reddish-brown fairy flew between Lyle and Edwin, "'fixing the fairies perched on them with a fierce gaze. "'Citrine, introductions, please. You're so good at it.' "'Of course, your highness.' The yellow fairy beamed and launched themselves toward Beatrice. The purple fairy looked sullen. "'Greetings, Beatrice the dragon. I am Citrine of the Crystal Fairies. It is my great pleasure to meet you and to introduce you to Carnelian, Diamond Wing of the Crystal Fairies.' Carnelian hovered in the air in front of Beatrice's face. "'We are all so very glad to see you awake and well, Beatrice. We understand that you have traveled far and at great risk to speak with us and the ponies.' Perhaps this evening, when you have recovered, we might discuss the purpose of your journey. Beatrice blinked, trying to take in the newness of these creatures and the fact that they had indeed done what they had set out to do. They had found the ponies and the fairies. Yes, she managed. Thank you, Carnelian. Of course. Now rest and eat. Amethyst, please leave that dragon alone. You are not allowed to keep it. But he likes me, your majesty, Amethyst said, trying to hug as much of Lyle as they could reach, which was really just one of his horns. Goodness, mused Carnelian. So much interspecies mingling and communication, I am not sure that I have a stomach for this. Fairies, to me, we have much to discuss before this evening. Carnelian raised their arms, and as one, the fairies flew to them and they retreated to a tree near the river. The ponies seemed to sense that Beatrice would need some private time with her family and spread out to graze. Beatrice was starving. She turned and looked at the pile of fish that Petra had gathered for her. Then she looked at her draglings. So, children and humans, please tell me, what did I miss? Lyle exploded. Oh man, Mom, it was crazy. Totally crazy. That morning, after you were stabbed, Petra was all like, Mom's not going to wake up. And we were all like, ah, what do you mean? Only we didn't really scream or anything because Petra was like, we have to save her. And we were all like, yeah. Totally. We're going to save mom. And Edwin even did this song about saving you. It was like, we're going to save her mom. We're going to save her mom. Wait, 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 Edwin exclaimed. You're skipping everything. Petra said that you said that we had to get you to the ponies. And Azriel was like, how are we going to do that? And Petra was like, Talora has a plan. And she totally did because Talora's the best at plans. So we made this raft, but then Smudge woke up. Oh, yeah, interrupted Lyle. Smudge woke up and he totally fell apart when he saw you, mom. Like he couldn't even move or anything. And then we all started crying. But Petra made Smudge pretend he was a mommy bird and stop let me tell it yelled edwin you're missing everything asriel jumped in okay both of you stop you have to take turns lyle it's edwin's turn now edwin and lyle continued to tell the story while beatrice ate she couldn't get enough of her children and delighted in lyle and edwin's animated retelling of their adventure it was comforting to see that whatever they'd been through it hadn't changed them too much she glanced over at her two oldest draglings while the story unfolded asriel and petra seemed different somehow More serious. More adult. Only a few days ago, they would have been fighting with Edwin and Lyle to tell the story, but now they stayed back, waiting until one of their younger siblings asked for help. Her heart ached for what they had gone through, and the growing up that had been thrust upon them. After Lyle and Edwin had finished recounting their part of the story, Tom told of the unicorn and the fairies, and they all described how finally it had taken all of the fairies and the ponies and the unicorn to stop the poison, and how it had practically caused a hurricane. When they were done, Beatrice was speechless. She couldn't believe what she had missed. "'You know,' she said finally, "'there's another way that you saved me, too.' They all looked at her with surprise. "'It must have been yesterday when the poison was being removed. I was lost in some black dream. I didn't know where to go until I heard your voices coming from a tiny pinprick of light in the distance. That's how I knew how to find my way back to you.' "'We were calling you,' Petra said softly. "'You could hear us?' Yes, I could hear you. It brought me back. You brought me back. Did you hear my song, though, Mom? Edwin asked. It went like this We're gonna save our Mom. We're gonna save our Mom. Edwin, we have all heard the song. Petra smacked Edwin lightly with her wingtip. Petra, ow! Beatrice smiled. This was more like it. She gathered them all up and hugged them again. It had taken a long time to tell the story, and now it was almost evening. I think we'll all be meeting together soon. Would someone like to introduce me to the ponies? Team Smash It Up! We'll do it! Yelled Lyle. That's me and Edwin, Mom. We're Team Smash It Up, because we smash things up. Like, anytime we have a mission or a job or an enemy, we just, you know, we smash it. Thank you, Lyle. I mean, thank you, Team Smash It Up mom said edwin you have to meet moonbeam and starfire moonbeam led the herd that came with us and i think starfire is their healer or something she's so nice moonbeam is nice too even though he acts all like i'm a big mean pony you can't mess with me but then on the inside he's all like i'm just a big old snuggly bear who wants everyone to get along and everything to be fair you know what i mean Yes, Edwin, said Beatrice. I think I know exactly what you mean. I would love to meet them. Okay, we'll get them, said Edwin, as she and Lyle flew off to where the ponies were grazing in the distance. Beatrice watched the ponies, listening intently to her children, and then two of them began to gallop back to where she sat. Mom, this is Moonbeam, Edwin said, gesturing to the purple pony as they arrived. And this, she added, nodding at the other pony, is Starfire. Beatrice bowed her head respectfully. Thank you for your help. Thank you for trusting my draglings and leaving your herd. Thank you for lending your strength to the unicorn. Moonbeam spoke first. Your daughter was very persuasive. And your mission is intriguing. Besides, I've never met a dragon up close before. It is good to meet you, Beatrice. Starfire added. You must also thank the unicorn. He was really the one who healed you. It took everything he had. And as you know, unicorns are not... Well... (laughs) "'They are not known for their generosity.' "'Yes, yes, I will thank him. "'I am very grateful,' Beatrice said grudgingly. "'Moonbeam raised his head to the trees. "'The fairies are assembling. "'It is time to meet. "'I will gather the ponies.' "'And with that he galloped away. "'Starfire looked up at Beatrice and spoke. "'It is very brave, what you have done, "'what you are doing, "'seeking us out to make things right.' "'Thank you,' replied Beatrice.' "'I feel a little foolish sometimes. I'm not sure if it's worth it, worth what I've put everyone through.' "'I suppose,' said Starfire, "'that that is what bravery feels like. Beatrice didn't know what to say to that.' She didn't have a chance to respond anyway, because the fairies and the ponies were arriving. The ponies gathered across from Beatrice and her draglings, and Tom and Talora sat down in the middle, Tom holding a blissfully purring fur ball. The fairies swooped down and perched atop ponies and draglings, and their peculiar council was complete. ''Ah, wonderful!'' Carnelian proclaimed from their spot on Moonbeam's head just between his ears. ''We are all together. What a fantastic assembly!'' Wait, where's the unicorn? Tom, Tom, fetch Mintini. He must be here as well. As Tom leapt up to find Mintini, Carnelian continued, Beatrice, I am so happy that you are alive. I hope you are feeling better. Yes, thank you, said Beatrice. My children have told me everything that you all have done to help save me. I am very grateful. Tom and Mintini were now joining the group. Beatrice addressed the unicorn, who was eyeing her nervously. Mintini, thank you. I understand that without your help I would have died. And I know Tom would never have found the fairies on his own. I am very grateful to you, too. Mintini bowed his head, very low. Then Beatrice and the unicorn met each other's gaze for a moment, and a certain understanding passed between them. Beatrice realized that dragons and unicorns probably had more in common than most people thought. She accepted his apology. So, Beatrice, began Carnelian, we understand that the purpose of your journey was to find the ponies and the fairies, and you have done so. You've had some issues with our kind, and you've come to sort them out directly, rather than stomping about and burning everything, which I for once certainly appreciate. So please, if you wouldn't mind, tell us your story. Beatrice took a breath. Her moment was here. She was doing what she had set out to do. She felt a flicker of hope. Maybe she would be able to make a difference. Maybe she would make things better. And maybe, just maybe, these creatures would know what had happened to her egg. Beatrice told the assembled fairies and the ponies the whole story. She started with her egg, how it had disappeared a year ago, and why she had believed it was the fairies and ponies who had taken it. She continued, trying to think of every time she'd felt that the fairies and ponies had done some harm or disrespect to the dragons or the other creatures on her mountain. She explained that she hadn't remembered it always being that way, that there was a time they had all gotten along, or at least respected one another. She finished by asking, Do you have any idea who might have taken my egg, or how we can bring back the peace between us? Everyone was silent for some time. Finally, Carnelian spoke, fluttering to the top of one of Moonbeam's ears and hovering thoughtfully while balancing with one toe on his ear tip. It's true. "'I'd almost forgotten. "'It's been so long since we all coexisted, "'naturally, so to speak. "'You know, Beatrice, "'I could have told a story similar to yours. "'Only my story would have been about dragons or humans "'and perhaps some other creatures,' "'they looked at Mintini, "'who have done harm to the fairies. "'There is a reason we stay behind our veil these days. "'We have felt a great wall of hatred and mistrust, "'and we have begun to return this feeling.' "'Carnelian flew toward Beatrice.' "'Amethyst and Citrine flanking them closely. "'The three fairies hovered in front of Beatrice's face "'while Carnelian continued. "'What I find the most interesting, Beatrice, "'is that until now, until you, "'I cannot remember anyone ever doing anything about it. "'Anything civil, I mean. "'There's been plenty of revenge.' "'That part has been kind of fun,' Amethyst murmured. "'I love revenge,' Citrine added. "'Is that bad?' Cornelian silenced them with a glare. Beatrice, I do not know anything about your egg, I am sorry to say. Moonbeam, have you heard of a dragon's egg amongst your herd? Moonbeam shook his head slowly. No, I haven't, and I'm sure I would have heard if there had been anything as unusual as that. Beatrice felt her heart sink. But I was sure that you'd have some information for me, some idea of where my, where the egg has gone. "'There are many herds of ponies, Beatrice, and many realms of fairies, so it's possible someone else will know,' Carnelian said. "'And I will help you find your answers, because, Beatrice, I believe there is something larger at stake here. "'I have long sensed a danger that threatens us all, a danger I'm not sure I fully saw until yesterday. "'You are a part of this, Beatrice, you and your missing egg, and you, all of you!' here, Carnelian gestured to include Tom, Tolora, and the Draglings, are the first of all of us to have fought against this danger. "'I'm not sure I understand,' said Beatrice slowly. "'Of course not,' said Carnelian. "'Perhaps only myself and Mindini could understand. "'We are the oldest, after all. "'We have seen the tides ebb and flow, and the darkness creep in. "'Magic is slipping away from our world. "'That's awful!' Breathed Edwin can we stop it? I don't know little dragon you see magic is life magic is the life of the universe some of us can feel it and wield it fairies perhaps most of all Maintini snorted and stamped his foot Oh hush meintini we can debate this later at any rate magic is strongest when there is unity when we are together because magic needs connection to thrive. "'We have a lot of connection here, though, right?' asked Petra. "'I mean, just look at us. Fairies, ponies, dragons, a unicorn, humans!' "'And a kitten!' whispered Edwin, gesturing to Tom and Furball. Carnelian laughed. Beatrice, your offspring are absolutely delightful. Nice job with that!' "'Yes, exactly, young Petra. The choices we make have a weight.' a meaning. They impact every other creature in our world. You might have felt that you were seeking justice for the wrong done to you, but in choosing to seek justice peacefully, you have been pursuing unity, whether you knew it or not. And you have succeeded. We have, asked Beatrice. Look around, Said Carnelian. As your daughter so astutely pointed out, there are six different species here today. Yesterday, all of these species worked together to save your life, right down to that seemingly insignificant, probably flea ridden kitten. Nothing like that has been done for hundreds of years. There was a power, a magic here that was more powerful than anything I have felt in a long, long time. "'Anything less, in fact, and you would not have lived.' "'But what does this have to do with finding my egg?' asked Beatrice. "'Perhaps nothing,' said Carnelian. "'Or perhaps everything.' "'Isn't that delightful? "'There is a mystery here and everything is connected. "'Why has our conflict resulted in less magic in the world? "'Is it natural or is it entirely unnatural?' Is there something or someone behind this? I don't know, but I do know that you have been chosen. You are the first to bring us together, so it is you I will now follow. Your egg is a clue. Perhaps ponies and fairies took it. Perhaps not. I'd like to help you find out. Beatrice's mind was spinning. This was so much bigger than she had realized. She wasn't sure if she wanted to be a part of something so big. She wasn't trying to unite creatures or save magic. She just wanted to keep her family safe. Moonbeam stepped forward. Beatrice, there is something I must tell you as well. Our herd, the Rainbow Herd, was very surprised to see your young dragons flying toward us a few days ago and your daughter's request that we should help her mother seemed unthinkable until she described the purpose of your mission. When I heard you were looking for help from the ponies, and for justice, I thought you might be able to help us as well. The peace that you seek, we seek, most desperately. You see, the rainbow herd for some time now has been terrorized by a dragon. Beatrice was shocked. What do you mean? What dragon? Why? Moonbeam continued. We don't know why. He has been nesting in the rocky canyon south of the grasslands, for a few months, perhaps. He hunts the ponies. He has... he has taken... some. There is nowhere for us to hide, you see, in the grasslands. We are so brightly colored. Our magic has kept him somewhat at bay. We don't know if we'll be able to stay here much longer. This dragon, Beatrice started. Do you know what he's called? Moonbeam tossed his head nervously before speaking. Yes. His name is Shakatala. Beatrice gasped, feeling as if someone had clubbed her in the chest. What? she said breathlessly. That is... that is not possible. It can't be him. You are wrong. Moonbeam looked surprised. You know this dragon? He is larger than you. Red, with a black star on his chest. No, that can't be. It can't be him. There was a panic in Beatrice's eyes. This was too much to bear she couldn't add this to her burden everyone was looking at her now her draggling seemed the most surprised there was a silence which petra finally broke mom who is shakatala how do you know him beatrice dazed looked up and found herself staring straight into carnelian's eyes oh carnelian said clapping their hands "'Oh, yes! Tell them, Beatrice, tell them!' Numbly, Beatrice swung her head around to look at Petra and her draglings, at their trusting faces. She looked at Tom and Tolora, these brave, exhausted humans who had gotten her here. She looked at Carnelian and the fairies who believed that she was someone to follow. She looked at Moonbeam and the other ponies who had been devastated by a creature just like her. "'Petra!' Beatrice started. She didn't know what would happen next, but she knew she must face it. Shakatala is your father.
1: Why do kids bully other kids? Why does my friend lie to me? What do you do if your friends say you're bossy? How can I make a best friend?
0: Friendships can be complicated. I'm psychologist and author, Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore, host of the Kids Ask Dr. Friendtastic podcast. Each weekly five-minute episode features a question from a kid about friendship, plus a practical and thought-provoking answer. Tune in to learn how you can build strong and caring friendships. Kids Ask Dr.
1: Friendtastic is available wherever you get podcasts.
0: Hello again! If you'd like to know what happens next, hang tight for Season 2. It may be a bit of a wait, but we promise we'll be back as soon as we can. If you have any questions, comments, or artwork you'd like to share, or you have any ideas for Season 2, we would love to hear from you. Please email PetraTheDragon at gmail.com. Petra handles all of our communication, and she loves hearing from you. If you are enjoying Fad Pack, there are a few simple and fun ways to support the show. You can leave us a rating or write a review on Apple Podcasts or the website podchaser.com. This is a great way to help others find the show, and it really means a lot to us. You can also shop from our online store at dirtroadtheater.com shop. Our store has stickers, t-shirts, hats, mugs, even a Fad Pack fanny pack and a Fad Pack backpack all featuring the work from our special guest artists. Or you can buy a ticket to one of our live Zoom shows where you'll be the first to hear the new episodes. You can share your drawings or thoughts about the show and chat with other listeners. For tickets to the live show, please visit dirtroadtheatercom slash fadpack. And now we'd like to share some moments from our live show. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. So Shirley, can we get started by asking you a couple of questions since we just watched your amazing artwork come to life? So I was wondering, why did you choose that particular image?
1: It it wasn't really up to me. It was like she needed rescuing and then I started drawing it and all the creatures came to rescue her. You know, it's an intense story. like Having the mother in danger and having the babies be the key and having the poisoner be the the healer is it's a, it's a really elaborate uh, story. So I got interested in that moment because it was the crux of the story.
0: I'm just wondering if you have, um, do you have any advice for these aspiring artists?
1: So um, the thing about a creativity and your imagination is it's all your own. You're the only one who has what you have to offer in the creative department. So what I would recommend is that you close your eyes right before you start drawing, and you try to picture what it is that you're going to be making. Try to p- picture it in your brain first. And then when you draw it, you'll find it gets easier. The more you draw it, the more you, the better you get at it. But if you have an idea at the first place, that's the way to start. When you want to paint a dragon, you always start with the eyeballs. So always start with the eyes. And that's for people too. You always start with the eyes because that's so much of what somebody's personality looks um. Like. So that's my advice.
0: That's great advice. Go ahead, Ryan. I made a picture of Shakatala. I don't know if I spelled it right, but how did I get this? Oh, that's awesome. Mia?
1: I made a clay sculpture.
0: It's beautiful. Okay, so this
1: is? Petra. That one is. And then this one is? Edwin.
0: Edwin. Oh,
1: Smug. Smudgy. <laughs> Aww. Oh, Laura. Oh. This. Little furball. Little tiny fur ball.
0: furball. Furball. <laughs> Yay! I think that might be our first rendering of furball, too, Mia. And then this is Tom. Wow, Mia, you've been busy. You've got like a whole fad pack playset. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, and one more. Oh, oh, that's right. Is it carnelian? I think it's the purple one Amethyst Amethyst, okay, yeah Because it's Mm. purple (laughs) Yep, makes sense Willow Okay, go ahead Am I the one that's saying it? Yes Okay
1: Willow just Mm. wanted to show everybody Mm. what she can draw Bunny on a hill
0: That is great, Willow I love the flowers in the foreground there on the hill
1: Lily has, it's a wolf drinking water from a pond.
0: Wow. Yeah. Nice job, it's Lily.
1: Amazing art. Keep it up, guys. I'm so psyched. Yeah. Yes,
0: uh, Warren. Warren?
1: I made uh, this. You need to put it. Ooh. I kind of
0: want to wear it. Like Yeah. yeah. Graceland, did you want to share? Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, well... I have some artwork to share, and I also have something to say to Shirley. I'll show my artwork first. So, this is Unicorn Dragon, and I like making a unicorn dragon. And right there, the thing dripping with poison. Oh, wow. Why is your dragon so scary? Um, I just like drawing stuff like that. That's my comment for Shirley. So, I just that picture is absolutely stunning and did you even draw beatrice's wound i think i saw that yeah the, the um beatrice's womb in my mind was in the shape of an egg because the egg represented <gasps> the oh, thing that's... that she had lost and was the most sad about it. and i that's thought terrible. that when the unicorn was sending the super unicorn energy in to rescue her that super unicorn energy was going to wrap itself around this egg shape Mm -hmm. and extract it from this place where she was feeling so much sadness so that's wow that was that was a really cool thought now little guy wants to say something well this is my drawing oh wow look at that it's called a couple a couple wop and that was there was a poisonous arm.
0: Ooh, wow.
1: Thank you guys. You were great drawings. Great art. I'm so excited.
0: Okay, Cora. Wait, is that a mermaid? Yeah, I thought maybe there could be mermaids in the next episode. Oh. oh, there will be. I love mermaids. Yeah, we're very excited about incorporating mermaids in season two, perhaps. <laughs> North Star, did you have something you wanted to say? I thought I saw your hand a minute ago. So
1: I like griffins and mermaids and like griffins have like um some a quad and 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 a part of an eagle head and a eagle head and, and part of eagle wing and, and a lion tail.
0: Yes, griffins are super cool. Yeah, yeah there's so many interesting mythological creatures that we could bring into this story or and and make up our own, right? A Kraken. A Kraken. Oh, yeah. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yep. Somebody asked us how old Smudge was. And, um, well, Smudge is a year old, right? Because the Beatrice's egg was stolen a year ago, his egg twin. So we know he's a year old. But then Dominic and I were trying to figure out, did dragon years equal human years? And I, I don't know. I'd love to hear what you all think. Like, how old does Smudge seem to you? Does he seem like a one-year-old? So... I mean, he doesn't talk yet and right. humans start talking when they're like one or two. He
1: also seems older than like a one-year-old human child.
0: Yeah, that's true. And he's always running off on his own and not dying, which I don't think a one-year-old baby could handle probably. <laughs> so yes, thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for being with us. We, um are definitely planning on season two. It's our hope to start releasing episodes January or February. So thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. And that's it for the final episode of season one of fairies and dragons, ponies and knights episode 15 better together. Our guest artist for episode 15 was Shirley Reed. Check our show notes for links to Shirley's artwork and coloring page. Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights is a proud member of Kids Listen, a grassroots organization of advocates for high-quality audio content for kids. You can find more great podcasts at kidslisten.org or download the app. If you'd like a full transcript of any of our episodes to read along or to read on your own, you can find a link at the bottom of the show notes. Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights is made and recorded by Dirt Road Theater in Northfield, Vermont. Bad Pack was written and created by Dominic Graceland and Oliver Spillane and edited and performed by myself, Marin Langdon Spillane. The music you heard was composed by the amazing Nathan Lee. You can see more of his work at nathanlee.net. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us next time.